Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of The Clump. This is Pringle from Glasgow, Scotland. This is Shryman from Baltimore. This is John from Washington, D.C. This is Dupler from Brooklyn! <laughs> and welcome, welcome. As I said, this is the first episode of our new podcast, The Clump. Uh, basically, our whole idea is that we're wanting to get together, talk about music for half an hour or so. We just want to start off with our initial topic of the day, which I think uh, John's going to introduce. Yeah, so we wanted to spend some time talking about um, probably the most recent music news is Daft Punk calling it quits. Um, I know they're probably um, a band we all have our own memories with and probably, for me at least, got me more into electronic music and Alive 2007 specifically is really what made me more into live albums because it showed the difference and the small tweaks that the artist can make opposed to their studio stuff. So we all just wanted to spend some time talking about what Daft Punk means to us. Yeah, I think it's um it was obviously quite a shock to everyone when they announced it because I, <laughs> I was seeing a lot of people thinking that they were because they're trending on Twitter, they were probably gonna have a new album announced, which was amazing news if it was going to be true because, you know, their last album, Random Access Memories, that was just for me, that was just a phenomenal album, and it was like the peak of Daft Punk at that point. I think they just reached a point where you couldn't think that they'd get any better with their past few albums, and then they just hit, came out with Random Access Memories and blew that all out of the water. Um, and then for them to just come out with this sort of video explaining that they were going to retire and that was going to be the end of it was just a bit of a blow, to be honest. Uh, you know, I've been a massive fan of Daft Punk. Uh, I listened to, I think it was Discovery was the first album I listened to that I really, really enjoyed uh, back in maybe like sort of high school, like 2010 time or whenever that was. Um, but then once I got into Random Access Memories, I really started to look back at their previous album, like the Homework and even Human After All, which despite the, it probably being their most flawed album is still actually pretty great looking back on it. Um, but yeah, that's sort of my thoughts on it. And I just kind of wish that they would do some i wish they did more music before they retired but i think they've got a hell of a discography ahead you know looking back on it yeah daft punk has always been one of my favorite groups of all time i have their posters sitting on my wall in my house and it all stems from around the world um pretty much all discovery and then and then also random access memories as well but you you can look at any of their albums and see the influence that it had on the music industry from years to come. I think in particular with random act, well, I mean with discovery too, with what it did for dance music and club music and all that, but with random access memories, you hear pretty much every other popular album these days has disco influence in it. And I think that revival all started from random access memories and it won Pretty much all the Grammys I remember won best album, deservingly so as well. And it, I did what you said, Pringle, when it was when they were trending on Twitter, I got beyond excited. I thought they're finally coming back. I'm gonna finally see them live. And then obviously that wasn't the case, and my heart was broken forever. I thought um, when they were trending on Twitter, I thought they were gonna be coming out live because they go on tour every 10 years so it's like they were supposed to go on tour in 2017 and i was like ready to do have a bunch of fun going to see daft punk live 2021 i was like damn like 
something positive came out of COVID and now they're broken up. My one question for our clumpers out there is, and you could message us on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, is do you think that this is all just a part of the bit? Is this a part of the Daft Punk mis- mysterious persona? We will we will answer some fan mail next week. Please send us your feedback. <laughs> Amazing. Keep it optimistic, yeah. you know. Way to bring up the social media dipler. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can follow us uh, at, <laughs> at what, what, and what. Yeah, so just to go on the social media front, you can find us on Facebook at uh, the Clump Podcast, all all one word, and then you can also find us on Twitter, that same title at the the Clump Podcast. I'm a geezer, bodge job the builder, ain't none better. So cool gangster, I'll put trees in your cellar. I a napa popping bottles. We're going to talk about Slow Tie. Um, his latest album, Tyrone, came out. I think it's Tyrone actually, rather than Tyrone, but Tyrone, Tyrone. It came out a a, pre- a couple of week couple of weeks ago. Um, and uh, just some basic thoughts on the album itself, and then we'll get into the sort of main crux of what we want to talk about and the sort of the the meat of it. But basically, the album I thought was pretty great. Um, it's sort of played off these sort of two halves of Slow slow Tide that we've not really seen that much of. I remember listening to his debut album, uh, really enjoying it, really enjoying the energy from it. And I was really enjoying him as a person because he just seems like such a lively person, such a a bold personality in the state of British hip hop that you'd only get with people like Skepta, people like uh, JME, for instance. Um, But he had sort of a more of a I don't know, diverse, uh, sort of a more experimental flair to him that I really liked. I remember songs like Doorman and Gorgeous. While they're you're great songs on their own, they don't really work well together. But on this album, I think Slow Tie takes those two different approaches to his soft side and his more aggressive side. And he actually just immediately goes, right, I'm going to split these sides up so people can find one thing they enjoy about Slow Tie and another thing they enjoy about Slow Tie and say, you know, I think everyone probably has a side of the album that they prefer. And I think for me, I do prefer the more nuanced side of it, the second half, where basically you've got tunes like NHS, which is just a, a gorgeous track. And it's just, it's, it, there's so much passion put into it. And even then, there's still some of that playful energy with his sort of like ad libs in between sort of sections. And then you've got songs like uh, Feel Away with James Blake and Mount Kimby and it's just absolutely gorgeous as well and james blake on that track is phenomenal um but you just get here a lot more about slow tide that maybe you didn't hear on the previous album and you wouldn't really think about knowing sort of the things that have happened to slow tide over the past year year or two um you know with his performance at the brit awards uh with (laughs) him putting up a decapitated head of boris johnson as well as what happened with the enemy awards last year which we'll get into because that's obviously plays a big part in the creation of this album. Um, and I just really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed Tyron. Um, and I think a lot of people feel the same, but I, I think it's one of these albums that, again, as we get into, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about. We can't talk about the album without talking about the context behind it. But before we get into that, does anyone else have opinions about the album that they want to get out there? So I, I actually don't know Slow Tie that well. I've listened, I think, Shryman last year. You sent me the Nothing Great About Britain album, and I I enjoyed that one a lot, but I think this album is 
actually really, really high quality stuff. And I've listened to it about six times now. The track for me that did it, just like Pringle, I love the back half of this album. Um, I bumped it on Friday night and it felt like a party album, but actually had meaningful lyrics too. I really liked the James Blake song. Like I played that track like a hundred times and it just doesn't get boring for me. Um, but like as someone who doesn't know slow tie, I guess a couple of my question, one question that I have is like, what, what style is, what style is he under and not under what style is, is his music? Because he seems to collab with like every type of artist and like, Obviously, he's with Skepta. He's with like Denzel Curry, different different rappers. But it feels like he has like connections throughout the music world. So something that interests me, and I haven't done enough research about him, that Tryman you probably know more about, is who? How does he know everyone? It seems like he knows everyone in the music world. Like his connections seem very vast. So I, I like this album. I'm gonna listen, continue listening to it. But I want to learn more about him. And that's interesting for sure because. I am not 100% certain how he got all these connects, but I think it just stems from how great his Nothing Great About Britain was. Uh, He dropped that album. I think there were maybe three or four features on it. I'm not sure who all the production credits were on that. But from that, I know he ended up going on The Cave with Kenny Beats. uh, Did a couple features. I don't think he did a whole lot. But And then Tyron came out. It seems like he was working with everybody. So I'm not certain how that all started but i've been a fan of slow type since nothing great about britain i loved that album and was ready for the next one and then he dropped tyron i think this one's even better Uh, i think if you ask most people they would say they prefer the second half better than the first and i am one of those people i just think it's more intimate the lyrics are better the production is not as hard but i think it's it's, it's more complex and unique and kind of fits him more. And one song in particular that I really wanted to talk about was uh, the final track, ADHD. I think this puts you into the mind of Slow Tie and sees where he, where he struggles mentally. Um, the, pretty much the, the way the song is structured is he talks about his depression and he's kind of ready to end it all. And you you kind of vision him on a roof of a building getting ready to jump before he either calls somebody close to him or gets to call somebody close to him. And he tells this person he loves him and he misses every day without him. And then right as he is about to jump, the call kind of fades away and a small little piano line starts to play, building up anticipation. And then he comes in hard, just with all his emotions coming out before the final line saying he, he says fail to exit. Like I ain't got a visa. And this line is just super haunting to me because it kind of feels like a cliffhanger. Like, is he going to get better? Is he going to find help or are things just going to get progressively worse and he's going to try it again. And it just leaves me wanting more. It's a very human album, isn't it? It's just very, Mm-hmm. And I think again, it plays more to the context behind it, in that he is a very flawed person, like all of us. Um, but he's very bold in what he puts out in his music. I think a lot of the time, and especially as you said in the ADHD track. Um, John, anything you want to say? Yeah, it's interesting hearing what you guys have to say because honestly, I think I prefer the first half of the album. 
Um, like you said, I enjoyed Nothing Great About Britain. I didn't give it a ton of listens. So this is the first album of his I've really revisited. And now looking at it, I saw um, Nothing Great About Britain is in two parts. This one's also in two parts, but perhaps more distinct. Like the first half is much more, like much harder beats. All the song titles are in all caps. The second half, they're all in lowercase. Um, you guys were talking about him being flawed. Um, obviously, the song Cancelled was probably my favorite song off the album. Um, as someone who's not as into UK um, rap, I think he is a great bridge into that grime scene. Obviously, Skepta's like probably the top grime artist. And you and it's especially interesting hearing your perspective as someone across the pond, you know, who, you know, Brexit and stuff hits a bit harder. Um, so, yeah, I would say the first half is what really did it for me. Definitely a party album. And, you know, who else has songs that go with the Skepta feature than ASAP Rocky? So I really enjoyed it. And the canceled music videos, crazy. It's him and Skepta, and it's very like horror movie esque. He does an American Psycho bit where he kills someone. So I feel like that's more the side where the freak flag flies, and it comes through with like really creative music. So yeah, the features on the album are really good. I mean, I, I can't really fault a feature on it. Um, yeah, Deb never is really bad one. Yeah, the Deb Deb never is really great. ASAP Rocky kills it on Maza. And I like I I agree on the fact that the first the first half the songs go really hard they go really really hard uh, and just you know the the features on those first that first part they're just great um the song cancelled is probably not my favorite on there I would probably say it's either Maza or uh, Vex but you know you can't fault the first half too much without you know without having to talk a bit more about the reason behind maybe songs like cancelled. Um, does anyone have anything else they want to say about like the album as a whole before we maybe get into the idea and the, the context behind it? I think everything pretty much has been said to be said about the album. I, I do think it's super interesting, John, that you prefer the first half over the second, uh, just because based off knowing you for the amount of years that I've known you and your music taste and everything, I, I would have thought the opposite. Yeah, I mean, I think... Recently, I've been especially into like hyper pop and more like aggressive beats and stuff. And so I thought this was the first rap release in a while, but we'll talk about another one later on where like the beats really got me. And I did really enjoy the second half. I just found myself revisiting the first half more. Yeah. yeah. And I'm the same way. It's like, I think the whole album's great. I don't think there's really a bad song on it. I just find myself coming back to the second half more, but like music is always up for change, up for opinion. So, I mean, I could love the second half more right now, but if you ask me even like tomorrow, I could tell you otherwise. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, moving on from the sort of album in itself, I think it's important to talk about the ideas behind it and the story of its creation, I suppose. I, I mean, I don't know fully when he started making songs for this album but i know i think a big crux of it was due to the fact that last year at the enemy awards um slow tie was not <laughs> in a very good place um he kind of came out of it looking a bit like an arsehole um basically you know his whole 
the whole situation that happened was pretty much during the awards ceremony he was inappropriate with a comedian one of the presenters a comedian called Catherine ryan who's actually really popular here in in the uk she's a canadian comedian um and i think for the most part she was actually okay with what happened but it was very looking at articles that describe it it seemed it seemed really weird and really for me it's not something that i would be particularly happy about if it happened to me but i don't know she she basically went off and said on twitter like i'm fine with this this is fine um but i think it plays into a part a lot about this whole recent debacle over cancel culture is slow tie going to get cancelled or not and again that's where the whole i think that's probably where the song cancelled came from was from that backlash that he received um you know getting deep into it it's, it's this whole idea of cancel culture is it's an interesting talking point and i'm not too sure about it as a, as a, as a concept in which you know it's a thing i don't know this is the whole debate that's happening right now is cancel culture a thing me personally i don't think cancel culture is a thing i think it's just a matter of people being held accountable for you know stupid things um but i think with, with slow tie it's a weird situation because i find myself enjoying his music but i can't get the idea of what he did out of my head while i'm listening to it and thinking maybe some of the things that he's saying on songs like cancelled maybe look a bit look a bit rushed in foresight or look a little bit like he's sort of trying to play up the fact that maybe it was a big debacle and it shouldn't be taken seriously but i don't know what do you guys think about the whole thing that whole situation uh dupler if you want to start well i i i understand i don't really know slow tie like I, i'm not in the uk and i think for our clumpers in america a lot of people aren't hip to his whole shtick and who he is as a artist but that being said not knowing the context of what he said or has done i enjoy his album but i'm gonna need to do more research before i have a stance on whether i think he should be canceled quote unquote but i do think you're right pringle that no matter who you are if if you rape someone if you sexually harass someone if 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 it's any of those things you need to be held accountable by people and by the law and I don't I don't think he's done any of that from what I understand. He made a joke on stage as you said, but I think for American audience it's like we we really don't know slide so tie as well as the UK does. So, I need to do more research on him and learn more about what he said, but it's interesting that he has a song called Cancelled when he's stuck in all of this controversy to me. That's that's fascinating. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't really followed um the event that prompted cancelled but i thought in the song cancelled it's interesting hearing him and skepta talk about playing at a certain stage at glastonbury like and how that has influence that can't be taken away regardless if they're cancelled but on the note of cancel culture i think it is just like it's become a saturated term you know where like slow tie having this fairly minor altercation and being blown out of proportion is not equivalent to like you know mark Wahlberg doing terrible things and like still getting movie contracts so it will be so taking it with a grain of salt that he is canceled i think it was a good um like making that song wasn't in bad taste or anything opposed to 
other artists who have done much worse things and don't deserve or uh, do deserve like you know to be sort of erased from the canon yeah it's just the the erasure part of it is what gets me i mean i don't i think the people that cry that is cancelled culture don't necessarily understand the whole idea of holding people accountable like you look at like some of these actors being called out for these things and then everyone's like oh they're now getting cancelled that's not exactly what's been happening here um and again the whole slow tie thing i think it's been run through you know numerous interviews and such um you know, we'll see how he develops as an artist and we'll see how he develops as a person as well. I think this newest album sort of gives us a bigger reflection of that. Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, Slow Tie's album was very good and, and very interesting to listen to. Um, and then once you look into sort of the research of it and getting into the sort of parts of Slow Tie that even maybe not familiar with, that's when you can really start to know him as an artist and know him as a person. Um, so please, if you haven't listened to Slow Tie's album, give it a listen, but also take the time to look into him. Take the time to understand the reasons behind this album and, and form your own opinions on it because obviously we're just four guys, you know. We don't really experience the same amount of uh power struggles that maybe women in music or women in any other kind of media receive um and you know something like this it's very telling that you know someone like Catherine ryan has to go through something like that whereas a lot of men typically don't in, in their industries so take it with a grain of salt when you go in and you look and see what's happened with slow tie but i think for the most part we're pretty pleased with how the album turned out and hopefully we can get more great music from him soon Fun fact of the day on Slow Tie, he promised to stop spitting in fans' mouths. Um, I did. I watched a video of him talking about this because it's like one of his things that he does at his live shows is like hocking loogies into people's mouths. So he promised to stop doing that. But we'll see. We'll see what happens in 2021. Slow Tie's COVID aware. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on from Slow Tie, we're going to move on to somebody a, a bit different. Uh, Playboy Carty. We're going to have a wee chat about his latest album, Whole Lot of Red. I don't imagine we'll talk about it too much because I think everyone's opinions has been, they've been pretty cemented since he released his latest album. I think it was around about, I think it was Christmas Day. But wait, before we do that, <laughs> sorry to interrupt, we have our first game of the day. Let's go. Can I get a Can I get a We got our first game. All right. Our first game is called For the Culture. Jay-Z recently purchased, I'm sorry, LVMH recently purchased half of Jay-Z's Ace of Spades champagne for an unreleased amount of money. Right now, we are going to guess how much is the price of one bottle of LVMH Ace of Spades. So everyone is going to have 30 seconds to think of a number, thinking about it's a luxury brand, it's a bottle of champagne, and it's Jay-Z, so it's got that whole the image of Jay-Z, Brooklyn, you know, but he's also, he's made it. He's a billionaire. Have you purchased the bottle yourself? Uh, that is undisclosed, but you have 10 seconds now to think of your number for how much money these new bottles will go for. Oh, so the, the amount has changed. Yes, it has changed significantly. Wow. Okay. okay. So higher. Well, we don't know. Could be lower. We don't know, but higher. All right. Everyone have a. Is everyone I'm, ready? I'm locked in. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm locked we'll in. We'll start Pringle, John, and then Shryman. Okay. I'm assuming we're going for dollars here, yeah? 
Yeah, sorry, not <laughs> not stupid quids. Not well, stupid I was trying quids. To, <laughs> I was trying to do the conversions in my head, and it didn't quite work out. Um, I'm gonna say this is pair ball, yeah. Correct. Four hundred dollars per ball. Okay, Shryman. Uh, I was gonna say five fifty. John Shea. Oh, guys, guys, I'm pretty sure it's like over five thousand a bottle. Shop. All right. So can I <laughs> can I get a drum roll? Can I get a drum roll, please? You'll get a drum roll in post. <laughs> Perfect. We're getting that drum roll in post. In the New York Times, it said, both businessmen hope the super luxury sector may be first to recover after COVID. A bottle of Ace of Spades can set you back between $300 and 65,000 grand. 65,000 grand. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think it was Ray Shrem was like popping Ace of Spades like it's water. Like it's definitely a status thing. Um, 65,000. I think there's okay. a video of Young Thug just like pouring it on his watches, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it probably tastes like shit. It probably tastes absolutely terrible, but they're just deciding to mark up the price because it's Jay Z. I don't know. And that's that's luxury for you. They're just gonna they mark can. mark up the price for everything. Dipler, you're full of fun facts, and I look forward to hearing more of them as we progress. We have another game coming up, don't you worry? Fantastic. Okay, Wait, so John John won that game. John won that game. Our first ever game champion. <laughs> Let's, is keep Jonathan. Ta- Let's keep a tally. Let's keep, keep a tally. We will keep a tally. still like sixty k off. Yeah, <laughs> closest. God damn it! Yeah, that's crazy. Just get a case of Natty Daddy, and that's you. Ugh. So Playboy Cardi. Yeah, Playboy Cardi. Okay. Uh, yeah, so he released his album Christmas Day. Whole lot of red. There was a lot of uh, a lot of reactions to it on the first day, I'm not going to lie. Um, some some reactions probably not justified considering how it was only out for one fucking day. But, uh, you know, I, I listened to the album today, actually. I, I, I will be honest. I only listened to maybe like 80% of it before I ended up giving up. I gave up pretty much. And not necessarily because the album was bad. I actually quite enjoyed a lot of it. It's just so much. It's so much Carty. It's his longest album, I believe. And then it's just, it's a, it's, it's a lot of tracks. There's a lot of tracks and a lot of filler, I think, compared to his other stuff. Um, but listening to it today, I think it's quite good. I quite enjoy it. It's it's probably it's it's probably not his best album, but I still think for a Carty album, it's still absolutely passable. I think it's it's not, you know, I I don't really take Carty, I don't put Carty in any sort of high regard. So when I listen to a Carty album, I just want to hear really good beats, and I just want to hear a really eccentric voice, a really weird voice, and he fucking delivered on half of those half of those tracks. Um, I can see Shryman is looking absolutely, <laughs> he looks betrayed. But yeah, no, I think for the most part, I actually really You're enjoyed it. You're supposed to be on my side. I, I, I was mostly indifferent towards it, I think. And then once I got into it today, I, it just sort of reaffirmed for me that it's actually quite a good album. And I, I don't think there's really too much you can say about it that's like, it, the people that are like, this is trash, this is the worst thing I've ever heard, are either people that don't like playboy carty from the start which is understandable 
other people that are saying this is like you know he's the next best thing since i don't know some of these other big trap artists uh since dialect came out and then suddenly he comes out with this that's a bit different and then everyone's sort of going up in arms about it but i don't know i i just i thought it was a great album overall but i'm interested to hear how everyone else sort of feels about it shryman if you want to go next just to just so we can get yeah, let me let me uh let me have my couple minutes but the thing with it you literally said it perfectly it's like if you don't really like playboy cardi you're not gonna like this album and i'm kind of on that boat. i like playboy cardi songs here and there i am not the biggest dilet fan which i know is a pretty hot take to most um i i love songs off it and i do love a couple songs off whole lot of red maybe two but pitchfork loves it places pitchfork loves it pristine who cares what pitchfork says they're irrelevant <laughs> it's playboy cardi playboy cardi is god if you have ears then you know that okay shryman <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna take you through this whole i'm gonna take you through this whole album the album's a mess I, I don't care if it's a mess it's play it's a playboy mess it's a playboy mess so as as many clumpers here know i love playboy cardi the reason being is that I saw him live at in October of 2019 at, what was it called? Rolling Loud. At Rolling Loud Festival in New York. Pop Smoke was supposed to open for before him. There was too much gang-related violence um, beforehand, so they shut him down. They had Play, Little Pump, then Playboy Cardi, then uh, Travis Scott. Playboy Cardi stole the show because he knows how to perform and he knows how to get the crowd going. That being said, he also has a cult following that I am not a part of, but I like the persona that he has cre- created. And I'm going to lay down three things. And I'm going to get into my quick album takes. Playboy Cardi has been anti-dropping singles. He drops leaks of his singles. That is genius. We live in a world where you have to scroll on Twitter to find out who died or who who's breaking up, what Daft Punk group is going to break up next, or what the President of the United States is going to say. And he can get the whole world to talk about him every fucking week. Number two, his baby voice is a meme of himself. It's hysterical. He literally just like, it's so funny. It's so funny. He just is making fun of how bad he sounds, and it's so good. Number three, (laughs) his style, his fashion. He doesn't give a fuck. He is a trendsetter. He is, in my eyes, better than Lil Uzi with what, how he rocks his look. And he, he's always changing his I agree. persona. I agree yeah. with that. All right. All right. So I gotta, I gotta say. Jump in. <laughs> okay. I, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I have stuff on the album, but if you have on the context of Playboy, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I agree with you 100%. I feel like this album cemented that you do have to buy in and just, like, accept that he's a ridiculous person. And like you said, his baby voice, like the single before at me, like was received so negatively because everyone's like, what the fuck? I don't what want is this? Red yeah. to sound like this. But then he goes out and does something totally different. Kanye West is the executive producer and a guy from JaVinci. So that like in and of itself is obsessed with the aesthetic. And then um, I don't know if you guys have looked at the merch at all, but even the album it's so cool. cover is ridiculous he has this whole vampire thing going his merch is absurd there's like a a lot of vampires a lot of like really just like metal kind of looking stuff um and 
yeah, everything Dupler said. Like at this point, you're sort of like on the boat or off the boat. And can I just say, I do and I like Playboy Cardi as a person. I think he, I do think he is funny. I think his whole little thing is super creative. You haven't really seen it in the music industry thus far. It's just when it comes down to the actual tracks themselves, I can't listen to more than three songs off this album in a row without feeling like I need to. I, think I will it. say, like I, 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 did, I listened to the album doing some housework today. I don't think I can sit down and solidly listen to that whole album. I can't, I don't think I can listen because to it. Because it's it's not a sitting. It's you're not meant to sit through it. I felt like this was like a sampler of Playboy Cardi because you have place which sounds like it could come off his self-title that was super wow we wrote the same i have the same notes john shay i wrote the same fucking thing but then you have tracks like um king vamp which goes with like his vampire thing which is more new and aesthetic and then you have songs like um stop breathing which are just really hard hitting and then sounds like it could be off dialet so Sorry to steal your thunder, Dupler. I actually hate the first three. Stop breathing is oh, like when I start and I start. I really don't like the first two songs. What is this debate has turned into? No, no, no. <laughs> Hear me out. All right, I have a roadmap for our, for our listeners at home. My Dupler advice of the day is: you can listen to the first two songs, and after that, you better get up, get moving. I listen to this song this album on my four mile walk around prospect park or when, when i'm in the city walking around i never do it never listen to it when i'm just sitting there like shryman does in baltimore because that's a stupid thing to do but i want to walk you through okay well i'm calling you out because you're anti-playboy cardi like mitch schuster shout out to him um <laughs> i, I want to walk you i want right, to i'm pro playboy now i'm pro playboy now. <laughs> i'm just messing with you baby i love you but that's all you had to say i want to just walk through our listeners a good way to listen to this. And I think John hit the nail on the coffin place is literally like old playboy. He's like, I can still rap. I don't give a fuck what you say. Like I could still, I could still kill a verse, but then, so for me, where I, where I think the album really picks up is after vamp anthem. And it just turns into a masterpiece. It goes from vamp anthem to new neon control and punk, punk monk and punk monk. Sorry. And those might be the best four songs in a row. It's like the Mario Judah sample. It's all of the different styles that we've like heard these snippets of from leaks are there. And it's like what I was really looking for this whole album to be. I think it could have just been an EP and been like five, 20 minutes and that was it. But then he goes on and he does King Vamp, this vampire persona, whatever that is. It's a cool vibe place. He goes back to himself. And then at the end, he turns into Jimmy fucking Hendrix and he's like, am I going to die in two years? Am I going to be the world's most famous rapper? Will I be a part of the 26 Club? And he's just talking about vampires going to parties, bringing guns and like death. And I just think he that back half of the album for me is 2020 album of the year, arguably. But just the first three I hate. But once you get through it, it's like worth listening to those first three for me to listen to the rest of the album because it just gets me going to do something that I need to get motivated to do kind of thing. He feels, he just feels to me like someone who's, because of his cult following and like how everyone after Die Lit was like demanding that more and more come out. And then the Mario Judah thing, how that blew up on Twitter and was like, essentially like 
he was demanding that this album come out and that it just felt like that Playboy Cardi, like there's always this clock ticking, like when's the next Playboy album coming out? When's the next Playboy album? Because if you drop a masterpiece like Die Lit, like people are going to expect good shit to continue coming. And it, it felt, as you said, Pringle, a little bit unorganized or rushed, but I think the back half is just worth all, to me at least, it's, I just love it. So like, I will, I will go through the rawness of the first half for that second half of the album. There we go. Points made on all sides there. Uh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you've made a lot of good points. Maybe one day Playboy will click for me and my opinions will change. Maybe, maybe but... we need to listen to it together, Sharman. All right. But for, for right now, let's move on to our final segment. Uh, this is our music recommendation segment. This is personally the one I am most excited for every show. Um, I'd love to hear new music and I love to get recommendations from people. So I, I, I know I'm excited to listen to what you guys have to say and then listen to the albums that you recommend. Um, but I'll, I'll start this one off with an album that just came out. Uh, I wasn't going to do one that just came out again, but I have to talk about it. Uh, it's Julian Baker's uh, new record, Little Oblivions. I... I like I've liked Julian Baker for years now, but similar to Playboy, I can't listen to more than just a couple songs at a time because it just makes me too sad. Um, she is probably the saddest girl in the music industry right now. Uh, but this new album just feels larger and and just more intimate. And there's a full band around her this time. And it just brings whole new whole new side of her i guess like there are numerous drum kicks throughout the album she plays with reverb um her anger frustration and confusion for everything she's upset about is on full display and it's just a really really good listen and i've said this before and i'll say it again uh i think boy genius which consists of Julian Baker, Phoebe Bridgers, and Lucy Dacus was the best thing to ever happen to all these artists. Phoebe Bridgers dropped Punisher after this album. Little Oblivions just came out. And now we're just waiting to see what Lucy has to offer post-Boy Genius. But I think all three of them together showed their best sides in each other and have amplified them as artists. Yeah, Lucy, Lucy Dacus, I think she's done quite a lot of singles recently, hasn't she? I am not sure. I know she dropped an EP uh, not too long ago. I don't remember if it was after. I know she did a cover. Boy, Jesus she did man. a couple of covers. I'm pretty well. She did a few covers. I'm just having a look at her EP there. She did a cover of "Dancing in the Dark" by Bruce Springsteen, mm-hmm. "In the Year Tonight" by Phil Collins, and "Last Christmas" by Wham. Um, I don't know whether the other tracks on here are actually covers or not. We need to listen. I, I see "Lovey on Rose" here, so that's probably a cover as well. Um, she's great. I think. I think all the members of. Uh, Boy Genius are great, but I really enjoy Lucy Dacus and I would want to see more material come out of her, but I've still to listen to that and Julian I think Baker she will. Well. I think she'll drop something. My prediction, at least, is she'll drop an album, most likely this year, mm-hmm. and I think Boy Genius is going to drop a full project, most likely next year. Yeah, I've been meaning to listen to that but um, and go through her backlog, because I also loved Boy Genius. Um, my rec is a bit unconventional. Um it's more a series of albums by a record label. Um, the DJ Kicks albums, they pretty much have an all-star lineup of electronic artists. 
um, do their own DJ mixes. So they have Mount Kimby, they have Peggy Goo, they have Laurel Halo, Avalon Emerson, Actress, and they're all amazing. It's what I've been listening to while I work. Um, good high energy if you're into like sort of ambient techno or more down tempo music. Um, it's definitely good for moving or like, let's say you're cooking. That's what I put it on to. So if I were to pick one, I would probably start with the Mount Kimby. We talked about them earlier on the Slow Tie album. So um, yeah, that's my rec for this week. I I need to get into that, John, because I need more like cooking music for sure. There's a DJ Cozy one who I, I'm big into. DJ Cozy. Writing this down. Thank you. Um, my album pick of the day or of the week is an oldie but a goodie, Fela Kuti. Um, he was a Nigerian, I guess he's a saxophonist, but also plays multiple instruments and kind of led the Africa, what's the word? Um, Afrobeat. Afrobeat, but also like pan-African music style in the 70s and 80s. The album that I've been listening to a lot is Open and Close, and I actually play it for my students for Black History Month when they're like doing writing and stuff. And it's really, it's just good working music historically significant as well like um, yeah in african politics very anti uh sars and the nigerian government in general good wreck good wreck uh i've got a couple of ones I've, uh, they're, they're quite short but first one's just sort of a shout out i was actually talking about this with shyman before we recorded um but the new billy eilish documentary is out on apple tv um i'm gonna watch it tonight i think and i'm looking forward to it just basically because i want to know a bit more about the whole process behind her debut which is great um also just like i want to know more about phineas because uh he's an excellent producer and i just want to know more about, about him as a, as a person i know a lot about billy just from research but i think phineas is just sort of overlooked a lot of the time even though he is very closely working with her but i'm looking forward to watching that so i recommend if you have apple tv plus if not get a free trial um and watch that new documentary billy eilish what i do want to recommend as well music wise or like album wise there's actually the the 1975 album the second one i like it when you sleep for you are so beautiful yet so unaware of it still one of the worst album titles i've ever listened to heard of um that's now i think it's the fifth year anniversary of that so i was actually listening to that the other day great album great album um lots of excellent singles come it came out for that album and i think just that the album as a whole even though it is over an hour i think there's still a lot of it in between the singles that you can listen to and think those are quality tracks considering it was their second album they really branched out from that sort of guitar rock guitar pop kind of sound that they had in their debut which is i mean i really enjoyed their debut but i think their second album they just incorporated a lot more sounds a lot more ideas um and i think even though it was as i said over an hour it's still quite a tight album i feel i don't feel like it slogs in any way so that's sort of my main music recommendation listen to the 1975 second album i like when you sleep and enjoy all right and just one more quick shout out before we wrap everything up uh if you haven't listened to the new wolf alice single the last man on earth definitely should listen to that is gorgeous and wolf alice is officially back love it okay i think that wraps everything up for the 
I got, I got one more game. I got one more game. I told you I had two. All right, last game of the episode. And fans, remember, Clumpers, if you have a recommendation for any games that you want to hear or just embarrassing stories you want us to tell, please tweet at us, Facebook at us, if people still use that. Um, here's the game. The new Pokemon game is set to come out this week. Our childhoods were represented by Pokemon in a lot of ways. A lot of us played the red, yellow, silver, ivory, all those types of games on the Game Boy, all that. What album would you choose to be the background of the new Pokemon album? Use your imagination. It could be the background of the game, the intro to the game. And we're going to actually elevate this. What album and where in the game would it be? All right, I think I got All mine. right, start us off, John Shea. All right, so I would probably choose a Brian Eno ambient album for when you're walking around in the really pretty landscapes. So let's say ambient one music for airports. Ooh, I like that. Is that's a, a great classic. pick. That, that's a you great might have pick. just won both games there without us even playing them. Hell yeah. Shryman, what you got? You see, I went a similar route. I, rather than Brian Eno, I went Hans Zimmer. And I don't know which soundtrack. I guess the one best for Pokemon that I would say that I have listened to, I'd say probably Inception, the Inception score. But I think John still beats me there. Good pick, Pringle. Yeah, I've. N- I don't know how I'm gonna top any of those. Um, because basically I don't really listen. I I try to listen to ambient music, but I don't really. When I was thinking about a soundtrack to a Pokemon game, I was like, right, okay, what's the most like 8-bit chip tune kind of songs we're wanting to go with? <laughs> and I've got three words for you. It's I Fight Dragons. They're a band I used to listen to Ooh. ages ago. Ages ago. They're a rock band, but they use video game technology to make some of the music. Basically, it's chip tune rock so basically it's like video game music old video game music added to rock instrumentation and it's the coolest shit ever i mean it's lyrical like there are lyrics to it and they have a few albums out but all i need to say is i fight dragons you need to listen to it and i honestly think some of their like instrumentals would actually work really well with some of the pokemon stuff that's but i will also say that that post malone that post malone cover that was posted recently to advertise post malone (laughs) is not welcome on this podcast though it's a good cover. I that don't know. That song sucks. Was, I'm telling you, that song sucks. It was a good cover. I enjoyed it. I mean, I, 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 I'm a massive fan of Hootie and the Blowfish, and he just uh, he just chilled them out a wee bit for me. He did, and his, nice. he did his Post Malone thing on it. Yeah, he just did his wee Post Malone quiver. He added it to, to Pokemon. I just signed it mad that Pokemon are like, who do we have to promote a song, to promote our video game? We're just going to have <laughs> fucking Post Malone. in the world. <laughs> Post Let's get fucking the man Malone. White Iverson. <laughs> Post Malone is like the merchandising for all hip hop tracks. Oh yeah, yeah. You you need you need advertising done for any other medium. You get Post Malone involved for sure. Um, my pick was actually when you beat the boss of the second round, uh, from the Charlie XCX album Detonate, and it's like get lit. Like hell yeah, it's just one. It's a one specific moment. Yeah, I was thinking oh, like the over the course of the game, like if something was you know they play that Pokemon yeah. music in the background. I was thinking like. Oh, going from like place to place. So what we'll do for the clumpers out there, um, since we're about to be at the quarter, I think, in 30 seconds, <laughs> um, we will have, you will be able to vote either John Shea with his 
Brian Eno ambient, Shryman with his Hans Zimmer, Pringle with his the band again. I fight dragons. No, I fight dragons, and then my Dupler's pick detonate from Charlie XCX. You guys will vote, and we will announce the winner on the next episode. <laughs> if nobody votes, that's just going to be. I will. I will vote for myself if no one votes. Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that, Dupler, for that last little uh, last little game there. But uh, I think we're going to wrap up for this week. Um, as, as we've mentioned before multiple times, you can follow us on Facebook or on Twitter uh, at The Clump Podcast. When it comes to a new episode, we will be talking on social media about it uh, when we're recording, but we're hopefully want to do it as regularly as possible. Um, but yeah, just keep an eye out for updates, but we've enjoyed this so far, so hopefully it will keep going strong. If you listened <laughs> this far, we love you. <laughs> and if you came back after 20 minutes after thinking you couldn't listen for all this thank you for trying and that right there it's the quarter have a great clump See you. goodbye